Hello and welcome to the Fit Leaders Podcast, the podcast for leaders seeking sustainable success. I'm your host, David Chinsky, founder of the Institute for Leadership Fitness and creator of Fit Leaders Academy. Join me as we explore how fit leaders enjoy vibrant lives marked by personal health and sustained contributions. In this podcast, The Healthy Executive, I want to call our attention to three components of maintaining our personal vitality. Those three areas are exercise, nutrition, and rejuvenation. According to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, the CDC, American society has become obesogenic due primarily to increased food intake, poor food choices, and physical inactivity. In an effort to lose or maintain body weight, many leaders turn to one or more popular diets. These fad or crash diets often are not sustainable as they severely restrict calories or the types of foods that can be eaten. These diets rarely lead to permanent weight loss and often don't provide leaders with the nutrients they need for optimal performance. Then there's the role of stress. While stress can help us stay focused, energetic, and alert, beyond a certain threshold, stress stops being helpful and can disrupt nearly every system in our body. Too much or unmanaged stress can raise our blood pressure, suppress our immune system, and speed up our aging process. In response to rising rates of obesity, poor health choices, and the impact of stress, many people are turning to drugs. In fact, the number of prescriptions written in the U.S. has swelled by two-thirds over the past decade. Despite the increased utilization of these prescription drugs, people continue to get sick and suffer from so-called lifestyle diseases. An increasing number of doctors, researchers, and public health experts agree that America is over-medicating itself. In a nutshell, we are doing better as a society in many ways, including economically and technologically, and yet we must wonder why we are feeling worse. Let's turn to these three components of being a healthy executive. Let's start with regular exercise. Regular exercise is a critical part of staying healthy. Most of us need at least 30 minutes of moderate physical activity at least five days per week. The key, of course, is finding the right exercise that will keep us motivated. This may mean taking a walk with a friend, joining a class, or even planning a group bike ride. For those that have been inactive for a while, it is always best to start out slowly and to even consult a physician before beginning a new exercise program. It's also important to balance the benefits of cardio exercise with stretching and weight resistance exercises. It's not uncommon for me to go to the gym and find people sweating profusely after 30 to 45 minutes on an elliptical trainer or a treadmill or a bicycle, and then they wipe themselves down and they leave without balancing their exercise regimen with stretching, with flexibility exercises, with resistance exercises such as weight training. So it's important to not overdo the cardio exercise, as important as that is for our health and for our heart, we also need to tone our bodies and leverage the fat-burning power of some of these other important exercises. 
physical exercise is important for maintaining both physical and mental fitness and can contribute positively to maintaining a healthy weight, building and maintaining healthy bone density, muscle strength, joint mobility. It also promotes psychological well-being and strengthens our immune system. When it comes to exercise, remember that consistency trumps intensity. Even small amounts of exercise count. Exercising on a regular basis, preferably at the same time each day, increases the likelihood we will develop an exercise habit. Fit leaders are also aware that in addition to exercise, the foods they eat have a significant impact on their energy, productivity, and mood. During the workday, far too many professionals turn to snacks and drinks filled with excess sugars, salt, and other stimulating ingredients in an attempt to give their minds a boost. On the other hand, a fit leader carefully plans their meals and remains forever mindful, even when they are eating out, about the important relationship between what they eat and how they perform. An imbalanced diet high in acidic producing foods such as animal protein, sugar, caffeine, and processed foods puts pressure on the body's regulating systems as it attempts to maintain our pH neutrality. When leaders consume an overly acidic diet, precious minerals end up being leached from vital organs and bones just to buffer or neutralize the acid and safely remove it from the body. Most people are unaware of the relative acidity or alkalinity, which is the pH value, of the foods they eat. Foods such as table salt, sugar, pop, regular or diet, and many meats produce acid in the body. On the other hand, foods such as sea salt, mineral water, pumpkin seeds, many fruits and vegetables, most spices, and green tea produce alkaline in the body. It's also important to read the labels of the food products we purchase. There is valuable information on these labels, including the amount of calories, fat, carbohydrates, protein, sugar, etc. per serving. We also learn if the product has certain ingredients we are trying to avoid, like partially hydrogenated oils or trans fat or high fructose corn syrup. The best time to read a food label is before we place the item in our cart at the grocery store. If we wait until we get home from the market, it is too late. When we realize that we've purchased something we didn't intend to buy, we often don't drive back to the store to return it, and because we've paid for it, we are more likely to consume it than throw it away. While we're on the subject of nutrition, I also want to share four superfoods that can increase our energy throughout the day and increase the alkalinity of our blood so our body can manage this acid-alkaline balance more naturally. Here is a brief description of these four naturally occurring whole foods. The first is cod liver oil. Cod liver oil is extremely high in omega-3 fatty acids, which benefit our heart and brain by lowering cholesterol and improving the efficiency of energy production by the mitochondria in our cells. I take one tablespoon of Carlson's brand Norwegian cod liver oil every morning after I drink my breakfast smoothie. I strongly recommend the lemon-flavored version. Some people prefer to blend their daily cod liver oil into salad dressings, which is another great way to incorporate this superfood into your diet. Next is flax seeds. 
Not only are flax seeds very high in omega-3 fatty acids, they also contain lignans, which have antiviral, antifungal, antibacterial, and anti-cancer properties. Flax seeds decrease inflammation, help lower cholesterol, and keep cell walls soft. I add one tablespoon of ground flaxseed to my breakfast smoothie every morning. Because all of the nutrition in these seeds is found within the shell, I use a small coffee grinder to produce enough flax meal for a few days and then refrigerate it. If you eat the seeds whole, they will simply pass through your body without releasing their full benefit. The third superfood is wheatgrass. Wheatgrass actually contains more than 90 different minerals and gives our body a boost of alkalinity. This superfood is also high in chlorophyll, which aids digestion and elimination of toxic substances. The fourth superfood is spirulina chlorella. This superfood contains more chlorophyll and nucleic acids, both DNA and RNA, than any other known plant. It is 65% protein and highly alkaline, consisting of 19 amino acids, including all 10 of the essential amino acids, those that must be obtained through the diet. Spirulina chlorella can also be used as a daily body detoxifier. Finally, Moving to the third component of the healthy executive, rejuvenation. Fit leaders take time to do nothing. While inactivity is often frowned upon in our fast-paced society, it's important for a leader to take time out to rest and to relax. This downtime allows them to gather their thoughts, gain perspective, and relieve stress. In fact, if you want to live a happy and fulfilled life, a certain amount of idleness is essential. In a rather ironic twist, when you know you can catch up on work during weekends or late evenings, your overall productivity can actually decrease during the rest of the day. That's because you assume if you don't get enough accomplished during the regular workday, you can get it done during the evening or weekend, a time that might be better spent on rejuvenating activities. If you want to maintain your personal vitality, it's important to find a system that protects your ability to rest and rejuvenate and learn that doing nothing is not a selfish act. Here are just a handful of rejuvenation techniques available to each of us. First, let's talk about sleep. Doctors, scientists, and researchers are constantly pointing out the unparalleled recuperative powers a good night's sleep provides. According to the National Sleep Foundation, most adults require seven to eight hours of shut-eye. Like many busy professionals, I used to think I could get by on just five hours of sleep a night. Given my demanding executive schedule and my morning exercise habit, I decided that was all the time I could afford to dedicate to sleep. However, I didn't realize I was missing out on the full healing effects sleep provides. When we sleep, especially when we enter that period of sleeping known as rapid eye movement or REM, our body is undergoing a critical cycle of physical, mental, and emotional healing. When we don't get enough of these deeper sleep cycle segments, and we're not if we're not sleeping for seven to eight hours a night, we are not reaping the full benefits of one of nature's most powerful elixirs. I used to make all the excuses in the world for not sleeping more until I learned exactly what I was compromising. I finally made a personal commitment to sleep for seven to eight hours every night. For me, this means I have to get to bed earlier since I don't have the option of starting my day any later. These days, I always plan ahead for sleep and I include ample time for winding down. 
This ensures that I don't replace my sleeping time with other less vital activities like watching The Late Show. Let's talk about breathing or deep breathing. Most of us inhale and exhale without any conscious awareness of the physical act. Of course, this is typically a good thing. However, I have learned to stop several times each day to become more aware of my breathing. When I do, I often notice that my breaths are too shallow. When I take the time to breathe more deeply, I feel an instant rush of well-being and any stress I may be experiencing seems to melt away. You can relax and take a welcome respite from the more frenetic parts of your day by belly breathing or breathing from your diaphragm as opposed to your chest. Deep breathing also offers an added benefit to your vagus nerve. The vagus nerve, which extends from your brainstem to the organs in your neck and abdomen, carries sensory information from your organs back to your brain. Too much sensory input, often caused by mental or physical stress, can overload your brain, causing it to short circuit. The good news is we can help calm the vagus nerve by breathing deeply through our diaphragm and engaging in other forms of relaxation. I was introduced to another form of relaxation called progressive muscle relaxation during my first yoga class. While I personally find yoga postures to be a bit challenging, I have always enjoyed the relaxation period at the end of most yoga sessions. Here's how it works. Lie down on a mat or any soft surface and become aware of your feet and toes. Focus on relaxing that part of your body. Once your feet and toes are fully relaxed, usually after a minute or two, do the same thing for each section of your body all the way up to your head. Relax through the lower portion of your legs, then the upper portion, then the pelvic area, followed by the abdomen. Next, relax your chest area, your shoulders and neck, and finally your head. By the time you move from the bottom of your body to the very top, you will feel incredibly relaxed. The first time I practiced this relaxation technique, I was one of about 20 students in a yoga class. I will never forget waking up at the end of class, looking around embarrassed as I realized no one else was in the room. The progressive muscle relaxation was so effective, it put me right to sleep. As you work through progressive muscle relaxation, it's important to let go and use this time to truly slow down. There are plenty of pressures waiting for you when you return to the world of awareness, so make the most of this short time of rest. Some people prefer to slow down by listening to their favorite music. With so much streaming technology available to us these days, we can listen to music at the office, at home, in the car, at the gym, or practically anywhere else. While some prefer softer forms of musical entertainment like classical or soft pop, others have more eclectic tastes. I will often stream music live from my favorite radio station or from one of the more popular streaming sites as I write a customer proposal or compose a report. The background music relaxes me and prevents me from tensing up. The tunes also remind me to breathe more deeply. Music can be a great way to loosen up and create more resonance as you move throughout your busy day. Finally, we come to meditation. When I mention meditation in my leadership workshops, I'm often met with blank stares. Although once practiced primarily in the eastern part of the world, meditation has become much more widespread in recent years. Today, people across the globe use meditation as a way to relax and slow down from the hectic pace of their lives. There are many forms of meditation. Some methods involve concentration or control of the mind, while others simply involve contemplation. Many years ago, I was personally trained in a form of meditation called TM or Transcendental Meditation. 
TM helps your mind simply, naturally, and effortlessly transcend thinking, allowing you to experience a deep state of restfully alert consciousness. This method became somewhat famous when the Beatles were trained in TM by the Maharishi Mahesh Yogi. In the 1970s, a Harvard-trained cardiologist, Herbert Benson, wrote a book called The Relaxation Response. Based on studies at Boston's Beth Israel Hospital and Harvard Medical School, Dr. Benson showed that relaxation techniques such as meditation have immense physical benefits from lowered blood pressure to a reduction in heart disease. According to Dr. Benson, anyone can reap the benefits of meditation with or without a guru's guidance. Dr. Benson has since authored a new book called The Relaxation Revolution. The secret to slowing down is finding a relaxation technique that works for you. During this podcast, we've discussed a lot of strategies to live a more healthful life in each of the three areas of our focus, exercise, nutrition, and rejuvenation. The choice as to whether you adopt any of these approaches is, of course, entirely up to you. If you are going to try one or more of these tips, just pick one at a time. It's hard enough to make one change, let alone several at the same time. And if you are going to give something new a try, do it consistently for at least 21 days. They say it takes about 21 days to create a new habit. Now, the research would suggest that it actually takes more like 66 days to create a new neural pathway that encourages us to keep doing what we've been practicing for those 66 days. If we were to ask someone to do something new for 66 days, though, we might scare some people off and they might say, gee, that just seems way too hard. I just can't see myself doing something new and different for 66 days. And that's why the 21-day rule has become popularized on the internet and has become the folklore around how long it takes to actually change our behavior in a significant way. I think that if we do something for 21 days, and I mean consistently for 21 days, we are likely to do it on day 22, day 23, and we will be more likely to get to day 66 where we will truly develop and hardwire that new habit. From that point on, we will not even have to think about whether we will do it or not as it will become a ritual and we are likely to do it without even thinking about it. I encourage you to think about how you can pay more attention to your own vitality by adopting a more regular exercise habit by becoming more aware of the impact of the foods and the beverages that you consume on your energy throughout the day and to find ways to step back, to renew, reset your energy so that you can go on and sustainably provide leadership to those that depend on you in your organization. If you'd like to learn more about vitality, I encourage you to visit fitleadersacademy.com. That's fitleadersacademy.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.